All right, Justin, sing me a song about basement dwelling trolls not liking the second movie of this newest trilogy. <laughs> basement dwelling trolls. <laughs> Man, why do you always do this to me? I don't know. Shut up, trolls. Oh, shut up, trolls. Oh, you stupid trolls. I don't know. Hey, I'll take that. I'll take that. (laughs) Well, there you go. There. That's an original original song, and I'll put that in quotes. Because as much as I feel like we're going to talk about this movie, we weren't doing the podcast when The Last Jedi came out. And I feel like I've got a lot to say about that. Like, just because I, I heard so much of the reactions back in the day but i didn't really think that people felt that it was a bad movie until i started seeing comments about this new one and it seemed like so many people went out of their way to talk about how this one fixed the last one and i'm like man we have vastly different definitions of the word fixed (laughs) man because fixed would like imply that the last jedi is not you know the one b to empire strikes back because it is let's be real we're getting big statement big statement Uh uh-oh the trolls are gonna come for you sterling they're coming for you and i give zero shits because i give zero shits about star wars they're really gonna come at me now i give zero fucks about star wars as a whole the (laughs) canon of star wars the you know the sacredness of the fucking characters i give zero fucks about it i think they're fine movies i really do i you know i i i've watched the original trilogy you know countless times like all right let's fucking play the music so we can actually start this shit hell yeah Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I am Sterling, and I am joined by Justin. And if you could not tell, we will be talking uh, Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Um, but also, with this being the last of the quote-unquote Skywalker saga, I mean, we're going to have to talk about all nine of them in general, too. I mean, to be real about it, um, because this is a culmination of nine movies. I mean, technically 11 if you count Rogue One in Solo, which I kind of feel like you have to. Yeah. Uh, to a degree. That's true. Because um, they're very distinctly tied into these movies. So, I mean, this is 11 movies. You know, it's like talking about Avengers Endgame and not mentioning any of the other Marvel movies. You kind of have to because of what it is and, and the just relation of everything to it. You know, so we're not going to, you know, spend nine hours just t- breaking it all down. But, I mean, I do feel like we're going to have to just give our thoughts about the saga and, uh, as a whole with this too. Um, but I mean, I guess let's start off. Cause I know before we hit that intro music, I was already ready to go. I was ready to go for this shit, <laughs> but need to slow down a little bit. And I think we just need to, we need to talk, uh, episode nine first. We do need to talk about that and, and, and what it is and, and how we feel about it. Um, so Justin, this episode nine, what you got, man? What do I got? Well, uh, I, I guess we'll just uh, do what we normally do and just start with what we liked about it. Or at least I'll start with some things that I liked, I guess. I mean, I'm, I, you, you can do likes, you can do dislikes, you can do general impressions. I mean, there's since in a way there's so much to cover and not, I mean, I, 
And you do what you want, man. Okay. Okay. So I guess before I talk about just how I felt about the film, I guess it's necessary for me to just kind of establish what kind of, uh, what kind of, I guess, fan I am, I guess would be the best way to say it. Like, where do yeah. I, where do I sit on this uh, spectrum, which seems like a broad spectrum of Star Wars fans? So to kind of give a little background, I guess it's necessary to give a little background like about that, because I wouldn't consider myself like a diehard fan. I don't have any action figures. I haven't read any of the Star Wars books. I haven't played all of the Star Wars video games, though I've played a few. Shadows of the Empire, now, Nintendo 64. Okay, that that's what shit. I was going to ask. That's what I was going to ask. Did you at least play Shadows of the Empire? Yes, that was the shit. God, I wish there was a movie about that. But that was that that game was the shit. Uh um The Knights of the Old Republic. Some of those like role player RPG Star Wars that came out like on early Xbox and stuff like that. Those are good games. Hell, uh I even heard that this new game that's just come out for PS4 and Xbox 360, the 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 Jedi, the the Fallen Order or whatever. It's getting nines and tens and stuff with gaming magazines and um, gaming books and gaming sites. And on YouTube, I'm seeing nine and ten out of ten. So apparently this newest Star Wars game is great, too. So, you know, I've I, I pl- but, but yeah, so I, I, I've you know, I'm informed. I've played my fair share of some of the games or at least I've played some of the best ones. Rogue Squadron, the flight simulator Star Wars game. That was another really good game. And I think there's been several uh, Rogue Squadron games. So, you know, I played a few of those things, but man, I don't have toys. I don't have a lightsaber. I wasn't one of those kids growing up that was like, oh, I got to have the Yoda or I got to have a Chewbacca. It was something I always knew about growing up and everything like that. But I couldn't say that I really became a fan of it until I was older and was really able to go back and understand uh, the original trilogy movies and stuff like that. And I believe you and I, we were present for the the, the frenzy that was the prequel trilogy. I want to say we worked at the movie theater for at least two out of the three of those, or maybe all three. Maybe we were there for all three. Uh no, I wasn't. I wasn't there for all three. Uh, I was there for Phantom Menace. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I started right after Attack of the Clones. Okay. Um, okay. They may, yeah, there was. I was there for. I was. I was there for Revenge of the Sith, and uh, I know that specifically because I burned three copies of it. Oh yeah, I remember that shit. I, I, I didn't work that night, but I remember getting there the next day and hearing about it. So yeah. I totally remember that. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, so so even from that perspective, I, I can speak from it. I know what it's like for theaters to be in a frenzy and for people to be lining up and dressing up for Star Wars and different things like that. And over the course of years, just watching these films and uh, understanding these films, I can understand why people are fans of these are fans of these movies 
and I understand their place in history and what it meant at the time when George Lucas first came out with this ambiguous project and just how amazing it looked and how iconic some of the characters are and different things like that. So this is always something that I've always been a respectable fan of, but I am by no means one of those diehards that I know I've read comics and I understand the lore and I know what has happened inside and out, you, you, you know, and most of my film viewing, I guess you could say, is with the main movies. Like I've seen all of the main movies, but all the extra shit, like the Clone Wars animated series and some of those other little Star Wars things that they come out with every now and then, I haven't seen any of that shit, though I am watching The Mandalorian. That might be one of the first kind of just like off story kind of Star Wars things that I have watched or series that I have watched outside of just your main movies, which would be episode one through nine, Rogue One and Solo. So that's just a little bit of the background, I guess. So just so the the listeners out there can understand kind of where I fall in that spectrum. Because, you know, you have diehard Star Wars fans who have just, they eat, sleep, and breathe everything Star Wars. I'm not really that guy. So I just thought that was apparent to make that clear uh, before we begin. I don't know if you wanted to comment on your position on it. Yeah, yeah, I guess I should should jump on that too with that. Um, I was introduced to Star Wars mainly uh, because back in the day on Christmas, uh, USA used to just do marathons of Star Wars. Um, and that would pretty much be the only time I'd watch them. Uh, eventually, I did get the original trilogy on VHS uh, and everything like that. I I know I watched the special edition A New Hope in theaters. And I know I watched Empire Strikes Back, the special edition in theaters. I never watched Return of the Jedi special edition in theaters. Um, I was a little burnt out at that point also because that's whenever the prequel trilogy was also happening and shit. Oh, okay. And like the prequel trilogy kind of set my, like, like my Star Wars fandom back a little bit because you watch Phantom Menace and that first time you watch Phantom Menace, I'm not gonna lie, I was hyped as fuck after I saw it the first time. <laughs> and it's all because of the Darth Maul. Let's be real. Fuck yeah. everything else that happens in that fucking movie. Darth Maul's the shit. Yeah. And, and then like the second time I watched it, I'm just like, oh no, I liked Darth Maul. I didn't like Phantom Menace. I liked Darth Maul. My bad. Phantom Menace is a garbage-ass movie. Darth Maul is just awesome. And so, that, like I said, that kind of like set me back. Because Attack of the Clones is just fuck all everything. Oh. It's just terrible. And, you know, you think it'd be fucking amazing because it's like the first time you got to see Yoda ever fight or do anything other than, like, I don't know, be a fucking backpack on Luke. And then you realize, like, 20 seconds into that fight, oh, it's just a CGI fuckball flipping around a lot. Like, there was nothing actually special about that fight. Yeah. He just he just did a lot of flips. He was just a little flippy guy. And that gets boring real fast when you realize that's his only fucking move. And especially when he's fighting, like, Christopher Lee. Don't get me wrong. Christopher Lee is probably one of the most badass people to ever exist. I mean, he was essentially, like... Yes. Yeah, like, all the stuff he did in World War II and, you know, just his acting career and... The, the fact that he became a heavy metal singer later on in life. Uh, everything, I mean, just one of the greatest people to ever exist. But yeah, that was a little too late to be having Christopher Lee do that shit against just a flippy fuckball Yoda. Um, 
And as far as like you were talking about with video games, I played like three of them ever. Uh, it'd be Rogue Squadron, uh, Shadows of the Empire, and uh, it was an old Windows game uh, back in the day. Oh, it's going to drive me nuts. I'm looking it up right now because this was like MS-DOS days. Uh, Rebel Assault. Oh, shit. You go- Star Wars Rebel Assault. You're going way back. Uh, yeah. And it, it's just, you were like in a, you know, X-Wing and you would go like destroy star destroyers and all that shit. You know, it was just a flight simulator type of game. You know what I mean? Um, but outside of it, that, that that's all I ever played really. Uh, I didn't play anything else. Um, I did have a couple of toys growing up, uh, because they did become big again, you know, once the special editions started coming out and all that other stuff. Um, but yeah, I've just, I've just never really had a deep seated, like love of Star Wars. Um, I understand their cultural relevance. You know what I mean? It's it, none of that's lost on me. Uh, I do even understand why people love it so much. It's just that type of of sci-fi isn't what like grabs me. You know what I mean? I can enjoy it. I can watch it. I can understand it, but it doesn't grab me. I am. I'm at heart. I'm. I'm. I'm more of a Star Trek fan. Like that type of sci-fi is what I do tend to gravitate towards. I'm not gonna lie, I gravitate hard as fuck to that with some Star Trek. Um, I mean, yeah, there's I I'll randomly watch any of their fucking series. Uh I'm not a huge original series fan, even when it comes to Star Trek. See, I'm weird with some of my stuff. But yeah, that's just always been what I gravitated towards. But like when it comes to Star Wars, um, I've seen them all. Uh I I do own them all. Like I said, I do technically have an original trilogy running around somewhere on VHS. I don't know exactly where it is, but I know it's somewhere on VHS. Um, and I would prefer that. I'm not going to lie. I, I recently found out because I was always thinking, I was always happy that Disney bought Star Wars because I'm like, oh, Disney just really loves money. So they'll they'll release the original trilogy again, like the non-special edition versions, just to get some more money because of like weird assholes like me that really want to watch that. And I just recently found out part of the deal when they when Lucas uh, sold it to Disney was that they can't do that. Um, if that's going to happen, it actually, yeah, George Lucas is the one that would have to do that. Really? Yeah, yeah. And he's huh. very uninclined to do that because apparently a lot of the stuff to make it digital and to do a lot of that stuff is what they did when they did the special editions. So the only versions of digital versions of it like that like digitally remastered versions of it are only special edition they don't have the original trilogy apparently digitally remastered um but yeah that was apparently a clause when they bought it is they can't do it only george lucas could and that makes me sad like george lucas just let me just put it out let me give you money just let me give you money george lucas like why are you why are you making it hard for me to just give you the money I mean, I guess he really doesn't care. The guy's like got like $90 billion now after he sold it to Disney, but fuck, man. Um, but yeah, just in general, it's with Star Wars, I guess it's, I've always kind of been the person that's like on the outside looking in. You know what I mean? Like, I know a lot about it because I've seen all the stuff, but I, you know, like you said, I haven't watched any of the animated series, mm-hmm. anything like that. Uh, I will say this. I did watch the Ewok movies when I was a kid. Oh. So take that for what you will, because those are technically Star Wars spinoffs. Yeah, they're weird. I never saw them. They're weird. I don't remember them too much, but I remember yeah. one of them. It's like some humans land on the Ewok planet, or because I don't think it's indoor, but they they land somewhere and there's some Ewoks, and uh, 
there's a, a, a castle with a giant. That's what makes me think it's not indoor. But yeah, there was a castle with a giant. Wow. No fucking clue what's going on. <laughs> I know none of that shit. I totally missed those. Like those didn't even look interesting to me as a kid. And I remember Disney used to on the Disney Channel. They used to run ads that those were going to show all the time, like the Ewoks. It was just one of those things yeah. that they that was part of their looping programming that they would show all the time. And they would always show, oh, the Ewoks is going to show at 6 p.m. tonight. And I just never fucking watched them, dude, ever. Like, they never interested me at all. But, hey, hats off to you. You saw them. <laughs> That's when I did watch them. Yeah. When they were looping all the fucking time on Disney. Yeah. You couldn't help but see those ads. I mean, I saw them a hundred billion times. Like they acted like it was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> it was, it was something it, it existed. I'll say that much. It, it existed. And like I said, that's all I remember about those movies is at one point there was a giant and like this little blonde girl. Um, but yeah, that's really, that's really all I have with star Wars. Um, I mean, it's, I, you know, I'm not going to be disappointed if I'm like sitting around with people or something like that or with somebody and they're like, oh, hey, let's watch, you know, A New Hope or Empire or Return of the Jedi. This is not going to bother me. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? If they say that, that, you know, we need to watch Phantom Menace or Attack the Clones or even Revenge of the Sith, I'm, I might just walk out and leave. Because <laughs> uh, I don't ever need to see any of those again. Like ever. I just don't need to ever. Um. And, uh, and I'll give uh, my thoughts on this newest uh, trilogy um, when we when we go into uh, this uh, Rise of Skywalker a little more. Uh, that's when I'll give my thoughts on this trilogy. I'll hold off, even though I, I already said one of them. Like I already I already gave my ranking on on the Last Jedi. Um, but yeah, so let's 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 continue on, Justin. Uh, so yeah, now let's let, let's jump into Rise of Skywalker. Okay. So now that the you guys understand kind of where we are or what our position is or where we fall on that big Star Wars fandom spectrum, uh, now I think it's appropriate to talk about the movie and just I can. So now I can tell you how I felt and y you can understand just based on my perspective, maybe understand a little bit more where I'm coming from. But I mean, as far as uh, things that I enjoyed about this movie, because, man, I hate to say it, but there's I got quite a bit to say in the negative section for this one. But we'll start with the positive because there were some things. See, see, I don't. <laughs> that's that's interesting. That's funny. But 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 there were some things I enjoyed about this movie. I mean, first of all, the movie looked absolutely incredible. So J.J. Abrams, who was the director here and the um, and the staff, the people in charge of the CGI and the visual effects and the cinematography and the camera work. I can't say enough about how gorgeous this looked. And there were just some scenes that were really just jaw dropping. Um, the opening scene with Adam Driver, Kylo Ren, where he's looking for this uh, for this uh, Sith Wayfinder um, which is a little artifact that's a triangular artifact that's supposed to be able to help him locate where Palpatine is. That opening scene where he is just murking all of these 
inhabitants of this planet and he's just killing everybody in sight and he's collecting this beacon what an amazing looking scene i mean right off the bat this movie had my attention and i was like oh my gosh this is a badass scene with kylo ren and it just looked amazing it had this dark gritty feel to it and it was very like the the, the color the colors were just appropriate for his uh malicious intent at that time and it was just it just perfectly captured that scene visually with its presentation so that was definitely one that stood out to me um the the the, the fight scene on the dilapidated death star with him and ray uh with kylo ren and ray what an amazing looking scene that was with the waves and the water crashing on the ship and them jumping around to different parts of the ship and flipping around and sword fighting and then separating so once the waves would crash and then uh then you know this mist is forming because of the waves and everything and kylo ren walking through the mist and then you see ray jump in and out and them doing all i mean i don't want to do a whole commentary on everything they were doing but man that was such a great looking scene i mean just a jaw-dropping scene like like when they would do those pan out shots and you would see them kind of just traversing the death star it just looked magnificent so those are just i mean a few of the scenes that i love just as far as what was going on visually um and some of the story elements i did like in this uh carrie fisher uh Princess Leia, of course, in this, I, I really like what they did with her and how they brought her story to an end. I, I think that given the limitations they had, given that Carrie had passed away, I think that they did a respectable job with that. I think that the scenes that they had her in, and I don't know if she had gotten a chance to film any of that or if that was all like archival CGI type of stuff, but whatever it was. That, I do know that. Oh, you do know that? What was that? That's all from Force Awakens. That's all stuff they shot in Force okay. Awakens. Okay, so it was like a lot. Um, I, it felt like it. It felt like it. Okay. Wow. Yeah, so what they did is they changed some of the stuff happening around her, though. Like, the dialogue that Ray said to her wasn't from Force Awakens. But all the footage of Carrie Fisher in those scenes was from Force Awakens. Because that was going to... They cut it, but that was going to be a part of the plot in Force Awakens was Carrie Fi was Princess Leia training Rey. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that I didn't know, but I liked all of that. I liked um how she assisted Rey in her training, and so we finally got to see Rey train. So for all of the Mary Sue, uh, we hate the Last Jedi and we hate the new trilogy trolls out there. We got to see her train. All right. So be quiet. She got. She was doing some training. So uh, hopefully that satisfies some of them. But, uh, you, you know, but that was all good with Princess Leia and everything. And then her making that sacrifice at the end as a last ditch effort to reach out to her son, to reach out to Ben Solo, Kylo Ren. Um, I thought that that was great. And I thought that that really was a great way 
for that character's journey to come to an end. Just kind of that whole sacrifice, which, you know, if you think about the history of the Skywalkers, they often are sacrificing themselves for the greater good. So it did seem appropriate that some of that would happen here in this story. So I, I was pretty pleased with that. I think that overall, I was happy with how uh, with Carrie Fisher's treatment in this. It was respectable. She got to have a moment there in her death and everything. And, and they made the death mean something because it really was the catalyst for um, Kylo Ren turning a new leaf. Um, that, that, that was really a big part of it, especially when that happened. He got, and it kind of distracted him in the fight with Ray. Ray stabs him, but then later on, Force heals him, and she's not quite sure if she made the right decision or not. But ultimately, uh, those are the things that kind of, and, and of course, we already knew that Kylo Ren was conflicted and different things like that based on the other films and different things like that. And after killing his uh, uh, father, Han Solo, and everything like that. So all of that um, was uh, was resonant. And I thought that uh, Carrie Fisher's role in that and as Princess Leia was great. Another thing that I appreciated was the was the Harrison Ford uh, cameo also. And I like how it wasn't like a force ghost because obviously, um, you know, Han Solo is not a Jedi. So it wasn't a force ghost kind of thing. I like how it was almost like it was a memory that um, that Kylo Ren had kind of conjured in his mind. And it was almost like that that same conversation that they had on the 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 bridge when he killed his father it played again with a different context and him kind and them kind of having a moment and i think that that was a good move because the the audience needed that we needed to see han solo forgive him so that the audience could forgive him so i thought that that was a good move i thought that that uh resonated and honestly that was probably one of the more emotional parts of this that landed and honestly really to me if there's any uh positive thing that came out of this series i really think that this that the ben solo character is the triumph of this series like i really feel like that like out of all the characters and there are arguments you can make too for other characters though i just don't think they got as much to do in the end of this uh saga and we'll get to that in a minute but when i think about the ben solo character and everything that he was and the training with uh starting his training with luke skywalker being the the son of leia and han solo starting his training with luke skywalker uh when luke has that momentary lapse of judgment where he almost kills this guy almost kills ben solo so then that brings ben even closer and more to the dark side and now he's underneath snoke and he's trying to and he was uh, remembering darth vader's legacy and he's trying to live up to that and he crafts his own mask and calls himself kylo ren and then everything uh with the connection with ray this sort of connection he had with ray throughout the uh throughout the um um uh, throughout the last jedi sorry i don't know i drew a blank there but that connection that they had and the conflict between those characters and then even back in force awakens where he 
uh, decides to test himself and see if he can really embrace the dark side. And he tests himself by facing his father, Han Solo, and killing him and, you know, going through that, but yet still being conflicted. And just this, the entire journey of this character, all the way until uh, this here in the, in the Rise of Skywalker, where he finally comes to grips to what happened to him and who he truly is and accepting that and then ultimately sacrificing himself to help Ray. I think out of all the characters in this, he had the most complete, most compelling character arc of anybody. And even though you may argue, well, it wasn't quite executed as well here or there, whatever happened within the course of the three films. But I think overall, that is one of the character arcs. And he is one of the characters that honestly, I appreciated most. So uh, I really am happy that I got to see that character's story play out. And Adam Driver is just a great actor. And I think he's really becoming, um, I, I mean, I don't know if you could call him underrated or not. It's not like maybe you can. I don't always hear people raving about him, but Adam Driver shows up every single time. Adam Driver just does an exceptional job every single time. Whether you're talking about Black Klansman, Marriage Story, or something like this, uh, Star Wars, this guy shows up every single time, and his acting performance is never the reason why anything is bad. If anything, he elevates his material constantly. So I just have to get, uh, tip my hat to Adam Driver as well. And, and the rest of the cast did well, I think, in their roles, too. Uh, John Boyega, back as Finn, Oscar Isaac as Poe. Uh, uh, you know, the, the, they, they got a couple of scenes. I really enjoyed the scenes where the two of them and Daisy Ridley or Ray got, got to be together. I, I think that when those characters are all together, there was magic there. Like, like some of the beginning of the movie where they're going on this quest and trying to find the other Wayfinders so that they can get to this Sith base. Those interactions that they were having were to me some of the more enjoyable parts of the movie. Uh, normally, this narrative likes to split those characters up. So I'm really sad that this was really one of the few movies where we got to really just see them all together for an extended period of time. There was a lot of great chemistry going on there, and, and I appreciated that. Um, man, I feel like I've been talking a lot, but I'll just say a few more things about these uh um, other characters, and then even C C three PO kind of had a little arc in this with the uh, <laughs> with um, him uh, having to have his memory zapped and then getting it back, and then couldn't remember. So I mean, that was kind of play for laughs most of the time, but that was kind of funny. That was kind of interesting. Um, and overall, um, just the the ending of this film. Now, I didn't like everything with Palpatine and the Emperor coming back. I didn't like everything about it. I didn't, well, I'm lying. I didn't like a lot about it. But I did like, I guess, but if I were to compartmentalize that with, with how this ended, as far as it ended with Rey and Kylo helping each other, and the and at the end with, with Rey finding out, and if you haven't, realize it by now this is a spoiler 
<laughs> podcast. So just be prepared. Here come the spoilers and everything like that. But just the resolve at the end of this film with Ray being uh, Palpatine's granddaughter and what that means and that explanation of why she's so powerful, why she kind of had these innate abilities and why she was able to grasp the force so quickly. I think that does help to answer a lot of those questions. Uh, and then the resolve at the end, the overcoming of Palpatine at the end with Kylo Ren's help. And then ultimately this character having the resolve to say, you know what? I'm not going to be about that legacy. My legacy is not going to be with Palpatine. And she calls herself a Skywalker at the end of it. And I know that some people might go, why was she? Why does she call herself a Skywalker? She's not a Skywalker. But I don't know, man. I was okay with that. I felt that. That felt earned. It felt like with this journey and what this character meant and having someone who wasn't technically in the Skywalker family, but be welcome in because of the choices that she made and what she was able to accomplish with her resolve. I did like that ending, man. And I thought that that was cool. How, how the film ended with her going back to Luke's original home, putting the lightsabers back where they belonged, and then her looking over the sunset with BB-8 standing there with her, kind of like Luke did in the original trilogy. That was cool, man. That was a nice little nod. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I really appreciated all of those aspects of the film. Oh, man. Uh, no, I'm with you on a lot of that. I, I really liked, like you said, the lightsaber battle on that destroyed death star um one of my favorite things of this trilogy uh that you also brought up was that connection of ray and kylo i loved it and i really loved how they they toyed around with it in this one how that they could like affect things around the other person you know like knocking over that vase and then you know like you know some of those beat or whatever the fuck they were like showed up where kylo was and just all those little things like that. I really, really enjoyed it because that's one of my favorite things towards the end of the movie. I didn't like what it led to because we'll get into it, how weird the Knights of Ren were. But when the Knights of Ren beat him up and she's got both those lightsabers and she puts that one behind her back and he reaches behind his back and grabs it. That was badass. That was one of the coolest fucking things I've ever seen in Star Wars. Just in general. I fucking loved that so much. Because I feel if you are invested in that connection between Ray and Kylo, that scene right there was your payoff. And it was so awesome. Like, it just, it, that was just one of my favorite things. Um, I did like how they, like you said, I liked how they used Carrie Fisher in this. Uh, I liked that they didn't grandma uh, Tarkin it from, Rogue's, uh, from Rogue One. Because that looked like garbage. <laughs> and... I would have felt that that would have been very disrespectful to Carrie Fisher if they had done that. So for the most part in this movie, having used, having like only using like scenes that she was in and actual footage of her, uh, that felt respectable. Like that felt like they respected her uh, in those moments. And I really appreciated that. Um, and I'm right there with you on, on the story arc of Kylo Ren. Uh, I liked how they, they showed that and how it kind of goes full circle. You know, and like you said, uh, talking to like that memory of his dad. And it, and it's almost beat for beat, the same one from Force Awakens, except it just takes a different turn at the end. And it kind of shows you how that moment could have go gone both ways. You know, 
one turns him more into Kylo Ren and one turns him more into Ben Solo. And I really just appreciated that. Uh, I know I might be, uh, you know, at odds with a lot of Star Wars fans, but I'm not going to lie. I really love the character Rey. I think she's just a fantastic character. Uh, She's not a Mary Sue. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. She's not a Mary Sue. And if, if she is, you know what? So is Luke Skywalker. Like, she's not any more of a Mary Sue than Luke Skywalker was. So if you can if you can accept Luke Skywalker's story arc, there's literally no reason to not accept Rey's. True. Because it's damn near the same. You know, I know a lot of people have issues with her, like in the first movie. They're like, how does she stand toe-to-toe with Kylo Ren? Well, she has been fighting her whole life on that planet. I don't know the name of the planet. Like I said, I don't really give a fuck that much about Star Wars. But she like fought her whole life on that. And Kylo Ren had taken one of those Chewbacca crossbow blasters. He had taken one of those to the leg. And we know from this movie when he hits a star with he when he hits a stormtrooper with one of those, they fucking flew back. Like they got hit with a shotgun in a 1970s movie. And he took one of those to the leg and was like still going. And and he was fucking hurt. And before that, he had fought Finn, who now we know was Force-sensitive. So he gave him a little bit of a fight, too, you know, before Ray got to him. Yeah, it was kind of a two-on-one part, you know. And it's just, it's one of those things where if you really look at the circumstances around that fight in the first movie, it makes sense. If, you know, if he wasn't injured at that time, and also probably if he hadn't just killed his father, he probably would have just beat the fuck out of both of them. And it would have been a massacre. Mm-hmm. But the circumstances in which the fight happened make sense. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, they retconned her to be the emperor's granddaughter in this to make how powerful she was in the first movie. No, I think her getting the lightsaber and some of the force stuff she does in the first movie um, makes sense because it, to me, those seem like more like survival instincts than anything. You know, if she was somebody that was that Force-sensitive as she is, Force-sensitive enough to be a Jedi, and not just somebody like Finn who is just Force-sensitive, but somebody Force-sensitive enough to become a Jedi, I think in a survival instance, she'd be able to fucking pull a lightsaber from like 20 feet away. That makes sense to me, you know? Uh, It's like if anybody's watched uh, um, the HBO miniseries uh, The Watchmen, and if you haven't or you want to or anything like that or you're not caught up, just hit the fast-forward 30 seconds button real quick. Because I'm going to do a slight spoiler in there. When uh, Ozzy Mendoz and uh, Dr. Manhattan come up with that plan to more or less make him un-Dr. Manhattan, mm. even Ozzy Mendoz says, in a survival moment, your powers might show up as, as a, uh, a reaction. Um, and, I, and I feel like that's her the extent of her force abilities in the first movie was that. So I don't think by any means it was a stretch of the imagination, you know. And then you, and then she got trained by Luke Skywalker, by the male Mary Sue himself. She got trained by him. So yeah, like I don't, I don't understand what why anybody had problems with her story arc in this, as far as some of that stuff goes. I mean, there's just there are so many versions of a Mary Sue out there, and there is a name for it when it's a guy character. I don't remember what it is. It's like a Gary Lou or something like that. It's some stupid thing. You know how they just have to make it sound like the other one. Um, but there, there's so many versions of that out there. Like, that's just a common thing in writing a story. Do you, think, do you think that some of it, too, has to do with the fact that she's a woman? 
Yes. I mean, not saying not saying that. Yes. Just not to just label everybody who thinks that as just some chauvinist pig. But do you think even just subconsciously, like we have been so programmed to see and we have been so familiarized with the idea that men can do these amazing things in these movies. They can beat an army of guys who all know martial arts. They can they they can run with a machine gun and shoot down an entire army of guys. They can outrun a high D helicopter shooting bullets at them and they can run across the bridge and dive and make it in time. Like we've seen there are so many examples of men in these movies doing these amazing things and there's no real explanation for it. But, you know, other than, oh, I want to protect my family or you, you killed my girlfriend or I want to save my wife. And notice how the woman is you. Normally, he's protecting a woman. Let's be real. Uh, so do you think that just from all of the history of that, that sometimes it is hard to see a woman have a lot of the same things in these films, whether we like to admit it or not? No, it is. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't care if it's subconscious or not. Like that's what it is. I mean, the idea that you know that there are people out there that talk about how uh, woke reboots or sequels of movies and stuff like that. Um, the, the the thing is, oh, woke go broke because they don't make money or whatever. And that's not completely true. It's it's true when it, they want it to be. <laughs> when a movie they consider politically correct, and that's the problem with it is it's it's it's. You know, the argument is they did it to be politically correct or, you know, or they're forcing it or anything like that. When, dude, I'm not going to lie, dude, I'm Daisy Ridley could probably beat the fuck out of me. Like she legitimately trained for this shit. She could beat the fuck out of me. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, and there's no point in trying to hide it. Like if we got in an octagon and, you know, and she's probably just the nicest person in the world, but if, you know, she just had like a fighter mentality, dude, I'd be unconscious in round one. She would kick me to the side of the head and I wouldn't even know it. I would just like wake up in an ambulance. <laughs> like a lot of people would. Exactly. Like, let's be real people. I mean, I'm not quite out of shape. I probably push the limits of that. Um, but I mean, I, I have done, you know, mainly physical work all my entire life and stuff like that. And I do know how to fight. I'm not trying to claim I'm like an MMA fighter or anything like that, but I can I can fight a regular person. You know, I can fight regular people. And yeah, no, she'd just wipe the fucking floor with me. I mean, I, it, it wouldn't be fair. I don't think Vegas or uh, anywhere would sanction that fight because they'd be like, no, Sterling, you're just going to get murdered in a ring. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's so I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm fine with seeing people uh, who are actually talented just doing things. Um I mean, I would argue that there are sometimes in a movie, and you saw this more in the 90s with a lot of stuff like, I want to say her name is Bridget Wilson, who played uh, Sonya Blade in the first Mortal Kombat movie. Ah, okay, yeah. Um, Yeah, no, she couldn't fight, you know? Like, they very much choreographed those scenes to, you know, make her the winner against Kano, which if you actually watched what she was doing, Kano should have just murdered her. <laughs> um. But that's just, it's just simply not the case now. I mean, like, Daisy, Daisy Ridley trained the fuck out of this shit, man. Like, she she knows how to fucking fight now. Like, she's fucking trained. And, uh, yeah, so I've got no problem with it, you know, because 
if the actor's willing to do that stuff and actually learn the stuff and, you know, make a believable performance out of it, why does it matter? You know what I mean? I mean, she is infinitely more physically fit than I am. You know, she can probably run for more than five minutes at a time and doesn't smoke 90,000 cigarettes a day like I do. And so it's... So when it's a believable performance and they're believably doing things, I just, I don't see why it matters if it's a, a male or a female. And, you know, and and it, it's not in some like misguided, like, oh, we need to, you know, just make women everything because men had their chance type of thing with me. But I do kind of welcome seeing more women in roles like that just because I've seen men do it a billion times. Like it does get a little boring after a while. Yeah. Like, I want to see different people doing it because different people can do different things, you know? So I, I want to see that. I want to see different things. So if it's, you know, Daisy Riz, Ridley being, you know, essentially the Luke Skywalker of this newest trilogy, I'm fucking all for it because I've already seen a, a little white boy do it. I don't necessarily need, I've seen it twice, actually. If you count the prequel trilogy too, like I've seen all that. What's wrong with seeing the same thing, but, slightly different because it's it's definitely not any worse than the prequel trilogy i mean let's be real it's not any worse than that so how is it not just as how is it not just as star wars as anything else you know like and the, and i think that's one thing i have appreciated about this new trilogy is actually seeing diversity i like seeing new people i like different characters i like seeing things that aren't the same thing over and over again like to me that makes it interesting and that's something I've, I've, I've truly welcomed uh, in this new trilogy. Um, and I think, and it's, it's why, because we have gone off, like, I don't think I ever finished my Rise of Skywalker stuff yet. But it's one reason why I loved, like, The Last Jedi so much. Is because The Last Jedi said, like, kind of as a movie in, in Star Wars and everything like that, it kind of said fuck it to the, the sanctimonious bullshit that Star Wars had become. You know, as much as all these fucking people were complaining that Force Awakens was the same thing as A New Hope, but just with a female lead who was a Mary Sue. How would that have been? How is that worse than it being the same thing with a fucking guy, you know? Then it literally is just the same thing. Yeah. Like, then there is no difference. At least there is a difference in this. And then, so then when you get to Last Jedi, and it's like, hey, all these rules you had, and then they just went, fuck it. And did all this other shit. And I loved so much of that. I think there's a huge, huge problem with those scenes where, you know, like, was it Poe or just all when they all go to that, like, casino planet and all that other shit? Yeah. That was kind of dumb on a narrative side of things. Yes. Because just nothing happened. It was just a bunch of nothing. Yeah. And, I, and a waste of fucking time. And to, to say about, talk about that just for a second, like, because I went back and watched both of the films. And yeah, even though Force Awakens, in, in a lot of ways, like people said, it was just um, a new hope. But honestly, man, at the time when that came out, I was so burned out from that prequel trilogy that it was a welcome. To me, I welcomed it with open arms and really enjoyed the force awakens i thought that as far as starting off with us being so many years removed from the 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 prequels and star wars i think that that was the right film to start everything off it established the characters it it, it gave you a story that felt kind of familiar to what you remember from star wars so i think it had to start like that 
And then Last Jedi just really blew the doors open. And that's what I really appreciated about it. Now, I didn't like everything about Last Jedi. And like you said, that casino scene and everything like that, yes, that did seem like a terrible waste of time. And there, and there was just... That could that needed to be faster, and you could have gotten to that quicker. But the idea that was planted there, the idea of all of these people rich be, uh, because they had profited off of the Star Wars, the 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 idea of this arms dealer who is just selling his technology and his tech and his ability to the highest bidder. And not really caring who wins the war, I'm just trying to profit all of it by uh, out of all of it. Those are good ideas. Like those, like those ideas in Star Wars are not bad ideas. Those are ideas that I appreciate. They just weren't executed very well, but the ideas behind them were there, in my opinion. Well, I did. I, like you said, I appreciate that they went there. Because when the fuck did you think Star Wars would ever go like that, you know? And and to kind of go with what you were saying with, with Force Awakens being like, you know, a lot like A New Hope. The reason why I felt like that worked is because, yeah, it was A New Hope, but there were some differences. And those differences made it feel like what you were going to get out of this new trilogy was going to be something special. Mm-hmm. Like a Kylo Ren and a Rey and a Finn and a Poe you kind of felt like you were getting set up for something special with those differences. And yeah, and that's what I liked about it is, yeah, it felt familiar, but it felt like the next two were going to be different and it wasn't going to just be a rehash of everything. And you were going to get something great. And I do think we got that in the last Jedi. And I think we got, we got glimpses of that in this one. We got glimpses of that. I mean, we might as well go into a little bit with some of the dislikes too, because I'm going to kind of bridge the gap with some of that is the fact that I think the weakest thing about Rise of Skywalker is the fact that it backtracked a lot of what made The Last Jedi so fucking great. Like, I know Star Wars fans or some Star Wars fans are just not even Star Wars fans. I know some shitty people had problems with the character Rose, but I thought she was great in The Last Jedi. I loved that character. And I thought J.J. Abrams straight up fucked that chick over in this movie like that actress got verbally abused off of social media from people because of last jedi and then you get to this movie and she is just the most minor of background characters that they happen to just like name check every once in a while yeah in this movie and i felt like all that jj abrams and the writers and everybody in this movie did was justify the shitty fucking behavior that these people had and, and did towards her. And I, I think it's totally unjustified and, and horrible because there were so many random fucking characters in this movie that had dialogue or did things. And all I'm thinking is, well, why isn't that Rose? Like, there's a fucking slug guy on the Millennium Falcon. Why is that not Rose? Like, you want to introduce a slug guy? Yeah. Wait, you already have a character that's more than, like optimal for that position <laughs> and you just make it a fucking nobody you know and stuff like that the only way i'll accept it is if she comes out and says after the backlash i asked the producers to lessen my role in this because i just i didn't want to deal with it anymore and if that's the case cool i completely understand 
you know, that sucks that you had to, you felt like you needed to do that. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate JJ Abrams for it if she came out and said that. You know what I mean? Like if that was her choice yeah. and all this other stuff, yeah, like I 100% understand at that point. But if it's just JJ Abrams backtracking just to, you know, make shitty human beings happy, who gives a fuck? Like, fuck them. <laughs> Man, dude, you would bring up something to make me dislike this even more <laughs> that I didn't think about. But like, man, dude, like, uh, wow, man. I I didn't even think about that. Like, I knew that her role had been lessened and I and I was like, man, she was barely even in this movie. But I I guess it just hadn't dawned on me and I had kind of forgotten about all that verbal abuse that she got on social media and everything like that. And you're right, man. The right thing to do would have been to really still have that character be important. You don't lessen that character and then make all of these fanboys and complainers and trolls and people who called her racial slurs online and all that stuff. You, you're right, man. They're, you're justifying that behavior by going, okay, look, you didn't like her. You you shouted racial slurs at the at the actress, and you said that this uh, that this actress was stupid and this character was stupid. So guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna make her not hardly in this movie at all. And you're right, man. Something about that just feels wrong. It feels like you are justifying the behaviors of those people. Like you're going, well, you didn't like it, and we listen. But yeah, man, it doesn't feel like a noble thing. It feels like that was a misstep, man. It feels like, yeah, that's sending the wrong message that, look, you can troll people and you can complain and you can treat this actress like this. I mean, it got so bad, she had to disable her Twitter for a little bit. She got off of it because of how- Oh, no, she's still not on it. Oh, she's still not on it. Wow. As far as I know, she's still not on it. Oh, see, I didn't know if she had, it was just a short time or what, but I knew no. she had disabled it. I didn't realize it was still going on. But yeah, man. So, yeah, you're right, man. By completely just wiping her importance from this film and just making her this minor, minor, minor of a minor of a minor character in this yeah, man, it does send the wrong message. Whether that was intentional or not, that's the message it sends, you know? Yeah, and it's one of those things, like, I guess there's a reason why I'm not in Hollywood. Because if I was J.J. Abrams in that point, dude, I would have had her be the main focus of this fucking movie. I would have had her be the one that drops a bomb and kills Emperor Palpatine. Like, through that hole in the fucking planet. Like, I would have had her be the one that saves the day and just fucking wrecks the first or final order, whatever the fuck they're called in this. Like, I would have just straight up had her be the one that just fucking saves the day. And then just say, fuck Destiny and fuck all that other shit. Because that's kind of what Last Jedi did that I loved so much. Like, I know they kind of stepped it back a little bit. And I'm not mad at them for making Emperor Palpatine Rey's grandfather in this. I kind of understand it. When you're when you're doing it as a a culmination of the nine movies, you know what I mean. It makes sense in a way to have Emperor Palpatine be the ultimate bad guy for all three trilogies, because that's that's why I'm kind of okay with it. You know what I mean. He was the main bad guy of the first trilogy. He's the main bad guy of the second. 
it just kind of makes sense that he's going to be the main bad guy of the third. I just kind of hate how there's no hint or anything of him, and then all of a sudden they're just like, hey, the Emperor's back. The dead speak in the rolling text. Yeah. That's how we That's how we get it. The opening crawl was the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen in my, the world for this. <laughs> yeah, the dead speak. Emperor Palpatine did a podcast from a planet, and everybody heard it or some shit. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is this garbage? Like, you can't tell me you couldn't have started the movie with him just, like, speaking to the galaxy or something. Come the fuck on. Because how awesome would that have been if people are just living their life and then all of a sudden in their heads, they just hear Emperor Palpatine. And you just show shots of all over the galaxy. And you see some people, like in the Empire or the Final or whatever the fuck those people are called, they get happy. And then some people are sad. And you'll just see, like, a random little kid in the streets just, like, not knowing what the fuck's going on. And then, like, their parent who, you know, lived through the, the Star Wars and all this other shit, like have this look of dread on their face and all this other stuff. That would have just been a beautiful fucking thing. Nope. The dead speak. (laughs) Nine people heard this thing, but it's serious as fuck. Like, what is this bullshit? Come on. Um, but like I said, I, so I kind of, I kind of forgive them a little bit for that because like I said, I understand the logic. It's just, you can't just make it all of a sudden in the third. He's 100% there from the beginning, from literally the first words of the opening (laughs) crawl. All of a sudden, he's the main bad guy again. Surprise me, at least. Like, surprise me. Do something. Anyway. But, like, yeah. I So, that like, but I loved in The Last Jedi when Kylo Ren was like, your parents were fucking nobodies. I loved that about Rey. I thought that that made her infinitely more interesting. That her parents were nobodies, and she just happens to be a Force badass. Because that's how the Force works. Fuck yeah. That's awesome shit. Like... That's that's the fucking American dream. Your parents are nobodies, and then you become one of the most important per- people in the galaxy? That's America. Like, that's the shit the founding fathers wanted. No, they didn't. They were a bunch of elite assholes. But you know what I mean. Like, that's, that's the American dream, though. Yeah, it is. And I get you. And... That's to me, that is infinitely more interesting than lineage. You got to be a Skywalker and mitochlorines that we were introduced to in the uh, prequel trilogy. Oh, God. That, that was, That's garbage, that, too. That is, this, that is infinitely more interesting than that. Oh, if you have a mitochlorine count, then that, then that is directly related to how strong you are in the Force and all of this other stuff. Man, coming from nobodies and then working and being this, but still being this special person and having this connection with the force and things like that. That is a way more interesting idea than what we had gotten before. So I totally agree. Yeah. And, and, and Palpatine still could have been the villain of this. You still, still could have had Palpatine be the villain. You still could have done a lot of the things you did in this. You still could have had Ray accidentally conjure force lightning because I liked the idea that they're called like the, what the dyad or something like that where they're just connected by the force, you know? Yeah. And so I liked that aspect of it's like that, the, the yin and yang it's, he's mostly dark side, but he's still got a little bit of light in him and she's mostly light side and just got a little bit of dark in her and like them together perfectly represent the balance of the force. And so, yeah, it would make sense that she would accidentally conjure force lightning you know, because they together are the balance, you know, and stuff like that. And then Palpatine could have just been there 
And he could have sensed her and realized that by taking over her body, that would make him the most powerful Jedi or Sith or whatever of all time. You know what I mean? Like he needed her body. Yeah. Because he needed to crush that part of the light side. Because that's one thing that I've, I'm so fucking tired of with Star Wars is that everybody's bitching, like every fucking character talks about bringing balance to the force, bringing balance to the force. I don't think anybody in Star Wars knew what the fucking word balance meant because it always meant wiping out the other side. Like to the Sith, bringing balance to the force was destroying the Jedi. That's not balance. To the Jedi, bringing balance to the force was wiping out the Sith. That's not balance. Yeah. Like, <laughs> do they not have a set of scales? In Star Wars, like in Star Wars math, does three equal two? Because <laughs> their idea of balances is fuck, you know? And this, and I will say this about this trilogy. This trilogy, for the first time, I felt like somebody actually understood what the word balance meant. Because as long as there was Kylo and Rey, I actually thought that there was a balance to the Force. I'm like, oh, it actually feels balanced for fucking once in Star Wars. Like... In the prequel trilogy, they're like, oh, they want to bring balance to the Force. Well, there's 97,000 Jedi and two Sith. <laughs> to bring balance, you have to kill all the Jedi down to two. Like, yeah. So, yes, I will say this. Anakin slash Darth Vader does bring balance to the Force because he murders all of them. <laughs> like, yes, that does bring balance to the Force because that's the only way you get balance, you know. And I don't know if anybody's heard the Freddie Prince Jr. Star Wars rant. But if you haven't, you need to check it out because the way he describes the balance in the force as like, just like told him, I want to say, I don't want to say it's George Lucas, but it was somebody that knows Star Wars inside and out. Like he was like George Lucas's right hand man or some shit like the, his Star Wars rant explains balance to the force in such an amazing fucking way. Like, and he goes off on Star Wars fans about not understanding what the balance is and stuff like that. And I loved every fucking second of it. And so, like, with this movie, like I said, I felt like for once we finally had that. And I still think, like I said, you could have done that and it's had her parents be nobody and still had Palpatine. Like, I still, you still could have done that without cheapening her a little bit. Because I also think that her story with her parents being a nobody or being nobodies also, in a weird way, was balance. Because if you look at Ben Solo as her counter, he came from, like, a Force dynasty. Like, he was Prince Force. You know, he was Jedi royalty when he was born. Mm -hmm. So what's the counterbalance to that? Somebody from nothing. Yeah. Being just as powerful as he is. That's beautiful. Like, that's that weird symmetry that just makes it flow and connect that much better. And, yeah, so I hated that aspect of it. Um, I, I hated how, how weirdly they handled things. Because, yes, I know, yes, technically they killed off Princess Leia, but... Let's be real. They didn't have a choice. And I know they killed off Ben Solo at the end. But other than that, there were no goddamn stakes in this movie. Like, yeah, I was I was actually disappointed that they didn't kill off Chewbacca. I've got nothing against Chewbacca. Nothing against the guy. But how much more powerful is it if Rayak actually killed him? Fuck. Like, that's a strong fucking moment, man. And I, and I hated the way they handled that whole thing. I hated how the audience found out Chewbacca was alive before the fucking characters in the movie did. Yes. That felt weird. That was incredibly awkward. But I think they should have just killed him. I think that whole C-3PO thing, uh, where they wiped his memory and all this other stuff, no, I think it should have killed him. I think he should have died. 
that would have been more impactful, especially when he's like saying goodbye to everybody, knowing that for them to save like the galaxy, he's got to die. Come on. That's a beautiful fucking thing. Nope. Just kind of wiped out his memory. So he's just kind of annoying C-3PO for five more minutes until (laughs) R2-D2 fixes his memory. Like, no, fucking kill him. Like, all right, I'm not going to lie. I love John Boyega's Finn. I think he's a fantastic character. Yeah. Fuck, he should have died in this movie, though. Mainly, not because I have anything against the character, mainly because I'm tired of them making him a liar. Because I'm tired of him giving speeches about how he's going to go off and die to save the galaxy. And he's not fucking dying. (laughs) Like, have the fucker live up to what he's saying. Like, this is two movies in a row where you have this guy saying, I'm going to fucking die to save the galaxy, and he's alive still. Twice. Just makes him a fucking liar. And and that character, like, really to me, the travesty of that character is that they couldn't find anything more interesting to do with him. And I really think that that is one of the sins of this trilogy, if anything. Because when you think about what Finn is, man, I mean, come on, man. He was a stormtrooper that saw what was happening to people and and, and how they were killing innocent people and stuff like that. And he decided, I'm not going to be about this life anymore. And he escapes and he escapes. He joins, he joins the rebels. He meets up with Ray um, and everything like that. And just that story of him being this stormtrooper and how, you know, he doesn't re- really remember where his family came from and everything like that. And he was just, all he knows is that he was just picked up by them. And all he's ever known is that stormtrooper life through childhood and everything. And then, and then having that moment of truth and that making that decision and then also being force sensitive. So what, what does that mean? You, you know, like there's a lot of layers to that character. And I just don't feel like this series really did him. I think he had a wonderful start in Force Awakens. Uh, then in The Last Jedi, they were like, oh, you got to go to this casino or whatever. And I was like, oh, man, uh, you know, that they kind of it was almost like for, for lack of being able to think of something better for him to do, we'll send you over to this casino planet. And then in this, it's like there's this thing he wants to tell Ray and he can't tell her and he wants to tell her when he thinks he's going to die. And you think it's this really important thing. And then, you know, the directors and the actor himself comes out and say, oh, he just wanted to tell Ray that he was force sensitive. And I'm like, uh, you could have just told her that shit any time. I mean, this is not the fucking X-Men yeah. where, you know. Where- yeah, you could have just told her that while you're fucking eating dinner one night. Exactly. Like, who the fuck doesn't know about people who are force sensitive? It's not like this is the X-Men or some shit. And like, if Jubilee goes, man, if I tell my parents they're going to disown me or some shit. Man, this is, <laughs> I mean, the, everybody knows about the force in this in this universe. Everybody understands that people are force sensitive. Was anybody treating Ray any different on that motherfucker? She was force sensitive or Leia or any of them. I mean, come on. But no, but on top of that, it made it weirder because like, it's like he had a hard time telling somebody that was a master of the force that he was force sensitive. It's like if Jubilee wanted to go up to Jean Grey to tell her that she's a mutant, but she's worried how Jean Grey is going to react to another mutant. 
Damn, you're totally right. Yep, you're totally right. Yeah, good one. Good analogy. I mean, yeah, that made no fucking sense. And the thing is, and the reason why I wanted Finn to die in this is because also another part of his story arc in the first movie is that he's kind of a coward. And yeah, so him completely doing a 180 and sacrificing his life to save the galaxy is like the exact opposite of who he was at the beginning of this trilogy. So it like shows that growth. True. You know, and I've, I've got weird things and I wish this movie had more Last Jedi in it because we talked about some of the existential things that Last Jedi brought to the table. And this movie had an opportunity to bring that up too. And it did, but it did it in a weak way. Because you have the the First Order talking about how they need to steal more children because their troop count is low. And you have that group of stormtroopers that were exiled on that planet who, you know, grew up or like ran away or quit, you know, just because they were like, no, we were all kidnapped. So we ran away because that's not who we were and all this other stuff. Like, so what bothers me, though, is the fact that you have that group of people and then you have Finn who went through the same thing. And they've got no problem just murdering every stormtrooper they see. Yeah. And like, I understand it's war, so you might not call it murder. But I'm just like, why did they never have any, like, a moment where they're thinking, the people I'm killing were just like me. Maybe they didn't realize they had the opportunity to leave. They just don't know it. Yeah. Like, something like that. Like, they addressed it a couple of times in this movie, and I'm like, oh, it's right there. It's right there. Like, why don't you make that a bigger theme of this? That if these stormtroopers at this point in this version of the Empire realize that they can become free, all they got to do is just leave? Like, and they did. How cool would that have been, you know? And so that was just like a weird lost opportunity to me in this that I feel like if like, what's his name, like Ryan Johnson had been directing this because of how he handled some themes like that in, in Last Jedi, I think he would have had the balls to actually address that in this. You know, I think, and that would have been such an interesting dynamic to add to something like this. And, and this is a slight tangent, but it's because I'm thinking of Finn and all this other stuff whenever he destroys that Star Destroyer and all this other stuff. So they do this scene, which visually and on paper, it seems like a really cool idea where they land on a Star Destroyer and they attack it with space horses on the Star Destroyer. Sounds cool as fuck because it's like a ground battle, but on the side of a ship. All that ship had to do was like turn 10 degrees and they would all would have just like fallen off battle over. <laughs> they weren't wearing magnetic shoes. None of that shit. It just kind of had to tilt. They would have all fallen off and died battle over. Why didn't they do that? <laughs> just that, Like I said, visually it makes it, it's really cool, but like it makes no sense to me like outside of that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just really weird that that didn't happen. Or I understand why it didn't happen because, you know, they can't have that in this movie. But it was just a really weird thought I kept having this entire time when they're on the side of that ship. Like, just turn. Just like, do a barrel roll. Like, listen to Peppy. Do a barrel roll. All dead. Long live the final order or whatever. I mean, there were so many things they could have done with that. Or they could have started it. Maybe because, you know, it's a really big ship. So I understand that it's not like instantaneous like an X-Wing or something. But they could have started and that could have, like, given some urgency to what they're doing. You know what I mean? It's just something. Something to actually, like, give it that little bit extra. But then, also, like, towards the end of the movie, one thing that drove me nuts. What was the point of having the Knights of Ren in this fucking movie? I don't know. All they did in this entire movie was look kind of scary, handcuff Chewbacca, 
hit Kylo Ren four times <laughs> and then, and then die. die. <laughs> That's all they did. I had more impact in that movie, and I'm not even in it. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. That shit Kylo Ren did to them, that was awesome. It was awesome. But God, could it have at least been a fight? It was an execution. <laughs> he just executed all of them. They might as well have all been handcuffed and on their knees, and he was just walking up to them and just lightsabering them in the back of the head. Because that's as much resistance as they put up to him at that point. Like, made no sense. They really are the Boba Fett's of this trilogy. Because I know everybody's got this weird fucking heart on for Boba Fett. What the fuck does he do in the original trilogy? Nothing. He just gets his ass beat and falls in the Sarlacc pit. That's all he fucking does. He does nothing else. He's not a badass character. Every single bit of his badassness is all retconned bullshit to sell books and toys later. Yeah. Get fucking yeah. real. <laughs> but that's what the Knights of Ren are in this movie. They look badass. They feel like they could do some badass shit. And in the end, they get their asses beat and fucking stabbed by a lightsaber. That's it. But, I mean, I don't, to me, the, the my biggest problem with this movie, in the end, other than those like weird, weird decisions for a lot of the stuff, was that that final battle did feel a little weak. It was a little anticlimactic. Yeah. You know? Because, like I said, Kylo Ren just kind of beats the fuck out of the fucking Knights of Ren, and they're all dead. And Palpatine just force light, lightnings Ray a little bit, and then she deflects it with two lightsabers, and then it's over. I wanted something epic to end this shit. Yeah. Like, this is the fucking end, and that's all you give us? Like, fuck. Like, I would have preferred Ray wanting to stop him so much that she started turning to the dark side Maybe she started force lightning him, all this shit. And like Ben Solo's the one that pulls her back. You know what I mean? Something like that. Just let's fucking amp it up. This is the last essentially lightsaber battle of this Skywalker saga. And it's not even a lightsaber battle. Two lightsabers don't touch each other, except for when Ray puts hers together to do a an X beats force lightning. Yeah. And, and you're so right about that. And I was waiting for something epic to happen. And they just did the kind of thing that we're so used to seeing, just, oh, reverse the power back to the big bad guy, and he explodes under the weight of his own power is not enough, and then he explodes under the weight of the hero's power. I mean, we've just seen that so many times. I mean, hell, Dragon Ball Z does that shit all the time, but I didn't need that in my Star Wars. Like, I think that... and dude... There was 2.7 billion little Sith cult members on that planet. At least, it just, I'm, I'm guesstimating here. Dude, how cool would it have been if they just, like, rushed her? I know. Like, I know they don't have lightsabers or stuff like that. But it's a bunch of, it's exactly what you want in a situation like that. It's a bunch of faceless, who gives a fuck people. And just think about her and Kylo just having to, like, lightsaber their way out of just a horde of Sith culty people. Or... While, like, the Emperor's sitting back on his throne, lightning bolting him the entire time, too. That would have been cool. Or what about, like, man, like, how come he couldn't, like, form a, a, a lightning bolt a person or something with the lights? And then he had, like, a lightning saber or something, and he was fighting 
uh, Kylo at the same time she was trying to fight him? Or what if he said, I am all the Sith? And what if like, just like a kind of manufactured... No, Justin, hold on, hold on, hold on. I've got it figured out right there. You just made me think of something. What if he fort lightning a fucking Darth Maul? Dude, hell yes. A Darth Maul and a fucking Darth Vader. And fucking, and like Kylo gets up, and so they have to fight those motherfuckers, and he's sitting there like, and he can't, like, Palpatine can't fight them too, because he's got to control them. But like, they're sitting there lightsabering with a Maul and a fucking Vader. Do you know how badass that could have been? That would have been the most epic thing that Star Wars had ever seen. Like, that would have been the Star Wars to end all Star Wars. And I know it more or less is, in a way. But fuck. Who the fuck would walk out of that movie not just amped beyond belief at the end of that shit? I mean, dude, half the audience would have just nutted when Darth Maul and Darth Vader just suddenly appeared. Then, then... I would have, and I don't give a fuck about Star Wars. Exactly, right? Like, so many people, I would have lost my shit. Then you could have had uh, Kylo and Rey on the brink of death. And then that part where you hear all the Jedi voices and stuff like that. Man, how fucking cool would it have been if all of a sudden you saw Luke or you saw fucking, uh, you, you know, or Obi-Wan or just somebody. Oh, 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 I got it figured out. And I'm bringing up a trilogy that I'm not a fan of. But in that last Lord of the Rings... Where, what's his name? Vigo Mortensen gets all those fucking ghost kings to fucking come in. Oh, yeah. What if, like, Ben and Ray together summon, like, the force ghosts that just come in, like, fuck, and just, like, destroy Palpatine? So it's like, it's a Luke, it's a Leia, it's a Yoda, it's a, a Qui Gon, it's an Obi Wan, it's. Give me any fucking. A Mace Windu, any random motherfucker from the, the, the prequel trilogy. You know, any of those weird fucking Jedis, and they just all come. And they just like sweep over everything and just disintegrate Palpatine. Man, that would have been sick, dude. Like that. I mean, and why didn't something like that happen? Especially if you're going to integrate all of them anyway. And he's going to say, I'm all of the Sith. Well, show us that shit. Like let something. I mean, th that yeah. would have been so badass. And since you had already kind of just <laughs> basically said this motherfucker could do anything anyway, you might. Why not have some fun with it? Why not bring those motherfuckers back for just one last hurrah, man? That would have been raw as shit. I mean, that would have been awesome, dude. No, no. Think about this. Think about this. You set it up kind of the same way to get the same ending. So, like, when it's, like, the Vader and Darth Maul and all this other stuff, like, you know, you could have the Vader and the Darth Maul, like, swapping back and forth between Rey and Ben, you know? So, you get a little Maul, Kylo, and a little Vader, Rey, you know, intermixing all this other stuff. But the Vader one could have stabbed Rey with his, like, lightning bolt lightsaber. And that's what causes Ben to, like, do, like, the light side summon thing that we just talked about. Ah, uh, okay. You know? Like, that pushes him to, like, truly embrace the light side and become, like, the antithesis of Palpatine. So he summons the Force Ghost, and they destroy him. And then he still does the Force Heal to save Rey. So you still get that end. Yeah. Yeah. That that would have been cool. God, dude, we just fucking fixed Star Wars, dude. I know. God, we just fixed the fuck out of Star Wars. Man, I know I was kind of ragging on there being special editions of the original trilogy, 
but Abrams, bro. Let's do that special edition Rise of Skywalker, and let's just fix that in real quick. Let's just fix that real quick. Please, please, come on. Maybe it's in a deleted scene. Come on, please tell me it was cut. Please tell me you have that on paper. But uh, You're not going to have that and cut it. Come the fuck on. <laughs> if somebody cut that, I'm not going to lie, just shoot them. Just shoot them, because they don't deserve to be alive anymore. If you wrote that out and you didn't actually film it, like, come the fuck on. I mean, fuck it. Like, oh, but they need to do I that. Mean, fuck it. You brought, that would have been so much better. You brought Palpatine back, so fuck it. Bring back some other motherfuckers. Dude, exactly. Bring them that's back. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Bring them back. I, that's, that's, that's what I love about my attitude with Star Wars, is because I can say, yeah, fuck it. Who cares? Do it. Because after witnessing that, I don't give a fuck if that's Star Wars canon or not. You just made it canon, yeah, and it's badass as fuck. The dead speak, motherfucker. Bring them back. Dude, get, yes. <laughs> yes. Fuck, dude. That's full circle. You get the first words of the opening crawl, and they fucking end it with that? Oh, that's so much better. Then that makes the opening crawl not stupid. Yep. Fuck. Fuck, they dropped the ball so bad on that. I was kind of okay with it. I just thought it was anticlimactic. Now I hate it. <laughs> I hate the end of this movie now. Because it would have No, it's just missed opportunity now. Fuck. Fuck, I hate it so much now. Oh, but I, I do want to talk about a couple other things that I did like about this. Um, I loved Lando in this. Yeah. Because um, I kind of loved that you could just see that Billy D. Williams was just happy to be in something. <laughs> yeah. And so he was just like, fuck yeah. He was the exact opposite of Harrison Ford from Force Awakens. He was like, no, you can't kill me because fuck yeah, this is awesome. Yep. <laughs> Like, he was just so fucking happy to be in it. And it, it just oozed off his character, dude. Like, whenever he shows up and he's got all those reinforcements and shit like that, and he's just like, Poe Dameron's like, oh, man, we're going to lose. And he just shows up and he's like, ho, 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 hold on. We got some fucking ships. Fuck yeah. Like, he was just, he was a fucking space cowboy. He was awesome. I loved all of that. And I also loved that anytime you got to see Billy D. Williams' eyes, he just had that... I'm going to fuck something, guys. And you're like, yeah, Billy D. Williams, you're going to fuck. Yeah. I was totally down for all of it. Like, I could just see him thinking whenever he showed up with the Millennium Falcon and all those ships. He's like, yeah, we're going to win this. And then I'm going to fuck. Oh, and I was totally down for all of it. And also, that that little fuck guy, what's his name? Baba Frick? He was kind of the same thing. He just had fuck yeah energy. And I loved it. Hilarious. <laughs> Whatever he would say. That thing was hilarious. Dude, dude, yeah, he just had that fuck yeah energy of like, I am going to own every fucking scene I'm in. And he did. He showed up on screen. Like, dude, yeah, they all showed up in those reinforcements and then it was, you know, Carrie Russell in a fucking Rocketeer helmet. And you're like, oh, okay, whatever. But then he's there and he's like, fuck yeah. And you're like, hell yeah. Little man's getting it. I loved it. Because like, I don't I don't watch The Mandalorian. Um, I might watch it now, now that it's all... Uh, they've got all the season one episodes up. Yeah. I might binge it. Yeah. Uh, cause it takes, and, and, and maybe I'm wrong on it, but I have to be really invested in something to not, to actually just watch it and not binge it. Um, Game of Thrones was that for me. Uh, and Watchmen was that for me, but I, I've, I've got more invested in Watchmen than I do Star Wars. So going into that mini series, like I said, I had more invested, like I cared more about that. Um, and it paid off very well. Uh, so I was very happy with that. Um, but yeah, the Mandalorian, like I said, since I'm so apathetic towards Star Wars in general, you know, it could be one of the greatest shows out there. And I've heard nothing but good things about it. 
it's just since I'm not invested in Star Wars that much, I don't care to watch it, you know, and have to wait for episodes. I'd much rather just binge it. Mm. And I know everybody's all about that baby Yoda. Yeah. And and I, I've seen the pictures. He's tight. He does his little cute face and all this other shit. And you're like, whatever, dude, I, I'm not gonna lie. I love Baba Frick though. I don't think baby Yoda got shit on no Baba Frick. <laughs> um, a little bit of trivia about Baba Frick. Um, voiced by the lady that did uh, Moaning Myrtle from the Harry Potter movies. Huh. Didn't know that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of things like that. Um, but I mean, overall, like, so whenever I encompass this, and I really think about the Star Wars movies, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to count Rogue One and Solo in this. I'm just going to go for the nine main ones. When I'm really breaking these down and looking at them and things like this, I really think that this trilogy lines up very well with the original trilogy. Um, I thought Force Awakens was great. Maybe not great. It was really, really good. So I think comparatively, I think it does compare well to A New Hope. Just a little, like a little less good. You know, if say you're going to give like A New Hope an 85, I would give Force Awakens an 80. You know what I mean? They're still on the same tier. Force Awakens is just a little lower. Um, I think Empire Strikes Back and, and, and Last Jedi compare pretty much the same. Uh, because while I'm not a huge fan of star wars just on a movie level empire strikes back is damn near perfect you know so if it's a 99 i'm gonna say last jedi is like a 94 you know it's it's very comparable just a little less and i'm without giving this movie a score yet i'm gonna kind of say it's the same way with how i feel with return of the jedi when i look at return of the jedi and its quality of movie i feel like respectively in its trilogy Rise of Skywalker is the same in its own trilogy comparatively to Return of the Jedi. You know, so whatever I would give Return of the Jedi, I would say this movie's probably like five points less, you know. And then the prequel trilogy can just all fuck off. They don't compare to shit. And so I think overall, I do think that this is, it. it it's a good movie. And I think it does wrap up its trilogy in the saga okay, you know. It's, I, I just, I'm not gonna lie, I don't envy the amount of pressure that J.J. Abrams had on him for this movie. I mean, you're ending the Skywalker saga. That is pressure that I don't think many people would probably ever know what that feels like. With as big as the fan bases are for Star Wars. That is a crazy, crazy, crazy amount of pressure. And also just the the hurdles they had for this movie. I mean, I know originally the original story plan was going to be that this movie was going to focus a lot on Leia. You know, just like how Force Awakens focused a lot on Solo, uh, Last Jedi focused a lot on Luke, this one was supposed to focus a lot on Leia. Hmm. And then Carrie Fisher passed away. And he wasn't even supposed to work on it. It was supposed to be Colin uh, Trevorrow was supposed to be the one doing this. And he quit slash got fired. So he's having to take parts of his script. They're having to change it to deal with Carrie, you know, Fisher not being around anymore. And it's... You know, that's a lot of changes, especially whenever he didn't have much to do with Last Jedi. So then he's having to take all the things from Last Jedi and incorporate them into a third movie that he wasn't planning on doing anyway. You know, I think there were a lot of challenges going into this that I do think I do think they affected the quality a little bit. Yeah. And, and but and I, I say a little bit. They did. I mean, let's be real. Um, but I mean, I, I still I still slightly respect this movie, though. I do. It's also because I just don't care. Like that's the other great thing about it. <laughs> this could have been a complete garbage fire, and I wouldn't have really cared. Like because I don't give a fuck. 
And I, I think that's what kind of helps my attitude. And it's probably why, in the end, I probably will have ended up liking this a little more than you. Because my apathy knows no bounds. <laughs> Well, I mean, I could definitely see some of that. And uh, I mean, you know, going into this, I really wanted to be able to at least explain from my perspective why there's been such a split with this, because you have a lot of the fans saying that, oh, this was that this was great. You know, this was a uh, it, it perfectly ties together everything and it ends the 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 saga correctly and, and most of the time you're hearing that's what you're hearing from fans is that this was a step in the right direction it undoes a lot of what last jedi did and it really does just tie everything together nicely and then on the critic side of it what you're hearing a lot of is there's a lot of story inconsistency that they didn't like that it tried to undo a lot of the things that were done in The Last Jedi. And then they just said that it really just uh, plays it too safe and it's just more about fan service than it was about trying to tell a really a more meaningful story. And the funny thing is, is that I'm, I'm looking at those two sides and I posted something on my social media and I got, you know, reached out to people and I wanted responses on this and people gave their opinions on this and everything like that. And honestly, I just wound up falling somewhere in the middle of all of that, because on the critic side of things, I could definitely see some of that. One thing I will say about this movie is that even at two and a half hours, it still felt like too short of a film for all of the content that they tried to add, <clears throat> excuse me, all of the content that they tried to undo or redo, and then all of the content that they tried to bring to a resolution. Well, just real quick on, on that specifically. Yeah, this movie was brisk. Yeah. It, it said go, and it just went. And, you know, maybe that's good and bad. Who knows? I mean... I will say this, when it comes to pacing, this is the first time in a long time a movie didn't feel as long as it was. Because I really do think a lot of movies are pushing decency by going as long as they're going. And this movie is kind of long, but it did not feel like it at all. It it probably felt like it was half an hour shorter than it was. <laughs> yeah. Just because it goes. Yeah. There is not... If it has a lull in something, that lull is for like 30 seconds before it's going again. I mean, just it's to call back to fucking commercials back in the day for that Lipton iced tea. This is brisk, baby. <laughs> brisk. Yeah. And the thing is, is that, you know, there are good and there are positives and negatives to that. Because on one end, uh, one positive can be is that your movie is definitely not going to drag and the movie is not boring. I mean, I'm not I mean, there was never a moment where I yawned or checked my watch or anything like that. Like, oh, man, when is this shit just going to be over? There, I, the, the, there wasn't a moment in this film like that. So that is the positives of having such a brisk pace. But unfortunately, when you have so many things that you're introducing when you have so many things that you're retconning and you have so many things that you're trying to bring to a conclusion because of such a brisk pace, you didn't, the, nothing had time to resonate or really 
just sit with the audience for a long time without jumping to the next idea. Like you brought up the Chewbacca thing, and it was like for a moment we thought Chewbacca was dead, and then we had this scene with Ray, and oh no, I killed them. Oh no, and we're kind of sad about Chewbacca. But then two scenes later, we see that Chewbacca is alive, and I really think that that is a microcosm for a lot of things that happened in this film. Like before I could just kind of let one idea settle, we were just on to the next idea or, Hey, here's a character that's going to help us find this thing. Okay. Character, give me uh, a minute of your backstory. Oh yeah. We were former stormtroopers and now we're not anymore because we didn't like war. We didn't like to see it. Okay, great. Now that we know who you are, let's jump to the next scene. And that's kind of how this movie is. It's just like, here's an idea. Okay. What, what, okay. Now that idea is at a conclusion, let's jump to the next idea. Okay. Here's an idea. Here's a character. All right. Well, what do we need to find? Do you know where it is? No, but I know the friend who does know where it is. Okay. Who's the friend? Next scene. All right. We're at the friend. Hey, I have the thing that we need. Okay. Great. Now let's go to the next planet so we can find this thing. Okay. Now we're on to the next planet. I mean, that's how this movie felt. It was like nothing got a chance to breathe because we were just on to the next scene and on to the next scene and on to the next scene, on to the next idea. And unfortunately, that's why this felt like there really weren't any stakes either. Just because the because on the rare occasions that something got to breathe, which a lot of times that was the Kylo Ray stuff, which is the crux of the film. Which is why I can say that this is not a bad film, because at least the central ideas got most of the development that they needed, but everything surrounding it just did not. And Palpatine, man, I just, I don't mind Palpatine coming back to say, but without good exposition to explain how he's back or how he's doing these things or different things like that, that's where I just have the most trouble with this. And like Sterling's already said, you know, we get the rolling text, the dead speak in all capital letters, and Palpatine is just back. And we don't really understand why or how or just anything like that. And like you said, because he was missing in the first two movies, it's just kind of like, huh, he's back? Then when we get to him, we get some sort of like, half-assed explanation of, well, the dark side kept me alive and, uh, you know, the dark side kept me alive and it works in mysterious ways or whatever he said. It, it was just the most, like, non-explanation explanation ever. And then just the idea of this man having 1,200,000 Star Destroyers and you, and when you just start to think about that, okay, so you have thousands of Star Destroyers. That means there has to be a captain for each ship. That means that there has to be crew on every ship. That means that there has to be soldiers and people housed on all of these ships. And the idea that you could amass this army in this undisclosed location, that the only way people can find it is with these Sith Wayfinders. It just, it's its just ridiculous because how the fuck were you getting people in and out to build these Star Destroyer ships? How were you getting people in and out to train? I think some of those cult people were doing it, dude. That would be my logic. 
is that was a planet of cult people. Yeah. I think that's why that part of it didn't bother me. Is that's just what my mind instantly thought. Well, that's a lot of cult people, man. That's a lot of pilots. That's a lot of <laughs> a lot of engineers, equipment managers, and stuff like that. So, it, 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 you know, but, but it's just the, the more you start to fill in this time, the less sense that it makes. And then while he's amassing that army here at this undisclosed location, then you also are controlling and amassing this First Order army that was prevalent for the first two movies. So, I mean, just so by the time we get to this third film, we've all we've known is the First Order. And all of a sudden, there is just this final order with all of these planet-bursting Star Destroyer ships. And it's just, th that is a lot to take in for one movie with little to no explanations and development of this story. And that's why I'm just one of those people that falls on the side of this really could have benefited from a part one and a part two, in my opinion. Like there were just a lot of. No, 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 no. It's got to be three movies. You, you can't. Yeah, I would have, especially if you were going to do all of this. If, if, if I think if you were going to do all of this, you have to. This would almost be like them trying to do the entire Infinity War and Endgame in two and a half hours. This is what you would have gotten. It's something like that. Well, they should have added half an hour. With how fast this movie is, they should have just added half an hour. And instead of introducing 90 new characters like they did, you could have had 87 of them just be Rose. <laughs> yeah. And you wouldn't have needed all this like introduction and shit. Yeah, because that's the problem. You had to introduce and then bring these characters to a conclusion all in one movie. And this movie just needed more time to do all of this. And, you know, my, my and I understand the pressure J.J. Abrams was under. And I get that that you're trying to please the the you're trying to um you want a better reception than what you got from The Last Jedi. And I think overall, this film accomplished that. I mean, most people are enjoying this film and saying that they really like this film. So if that was the goal, they accomplished it. So they must have done something right, right? Just based on fan reception thus far. But my God, the, the critic in me just cannot live down the lack of development and just some of the just crazy things that happened in this and 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 then the whole palpatine thing like i don't know man to me when you think about the original prophecy the the whole thing with anakin and how he was supposed to bring balance to the force and all of this stuff like that and then you know when you think about it him and luke didn't even really manage to kill palpatine in the original in the original trilogy. So that, so what did they do? You, you, you know, they didn't really kill him. So, I mean, does that kind of diminish what they did? Because basically now they didn't really kill him. You know, Vader didn't, Anakin didn't sacrifice his life to kill Palpatine. He just sort of, they just, if anything, they just stopped him for a moment. And, it, you know. Well, to me, to me, he lived up to the prophecy because Luke, well, yes, Leah, Leia was going to end up being a Jedi, and she is in these movies. Luke was the only real Jedi at that time. Vader brought balance to the Force 
because he did all that shit and it killed him. But Palpatine was still alive. So it was more or less one on one at that point. There was one Sith and one Jedi. To me, that's balance. I feel like that's actually accurate. He lived up to his prophecy. Just like he lived up to his prophecy by killing all those Jedi. <laughs> hmm. I see. But to me, I just feel like, okay, if he was the main villain, if if Palpatine, if the point of it was we 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 beat Palpatine and and that's you know, that was the evil that had to be overcome. And then you get to this and you find out that they didn't even kill him. It just kind of, you know, it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Like, what did, okay, so what did they do? It, It would almost be like if on this new story arc with Marvel, if we got to the end of this Marvel story arc and we're fighting scrolls and stuff, and then all of a sudden Thanos is just alive. And they're like, uh, why are you alive? Like, Tony and Black Widow sacrificed their lives so that we could end you. And he goes, well, I don't know. The dead speak, motherfucker. And then he starts shooting them with um, a new Infinity Gauntlet or something. I mean, okay. But, man, I think that that diminishes. Oddly enough, I'd be okay with that. I I mean, maybe so. Maybe you would. Because he's inevitable. But I just. That's what I, that's what I like yeah. about because he's inevitable. Or he could just say that I am inevitable. The dead speak, motherfucker. That would be the entire line, and then he would just start <laughs> shooting them with the Infinity Gauntlet. But just like that would diminish those sacrifices back then to defeat the enemy of this arc. I feel like you kind of did that here, man. I mean, I get it. I understand why Palpatine is alive, but I totally get where a lot of fans are coming from with then what did those heroes actually do then? If they didn't even defeat the main villain at the time, they just stopped him temporarily, but he, uh, but all they did was allowed him to go to this place so that he could amass this great army that nobody knew about. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I feel like that does kind of diminish what those characters did. And I just can't... I can't get past that. I just can't. I just think there was a better way to somehow do this. And I just don't know what that better way is, but there had to be a better way than this. I just don't like the taste that leaves in my mouth. I mean, to me, though, I, I like that aspect of it because, I mean, realistically speaking, some people sacrifice their lives and the goal's not met. You know what I mean? Like, to me, that still makes them heroes because they're sacrificing themselves in the attempt to, you know, stop the bad guy. You know what I mean? Even when it doesn't succeed, the fact that they're willing to just sacrifice themselves in that attempt is still, to me, that heroic gesture. And, see, that's why, to me, it doesn't diminish anything and it doesn't leave a bad taste in my mouth. Like, when it comes to Vader and stuff like that, like, to me... His journey to becoming Anakin again and going back to the light side for that moment meant that he sacrificed himself even if it brought just a temporary reprieve from the oppression that was the Emperor. That he was willing to sacrifice himself even if it didn't stop him completely. That it just, it stopped it for now. To me, that still makes him heroic. And, you know, and and so that aspect of it doesn't bother me. Yeah. And maybe if I had just gotten a better explanation, and that's the thing, too, the way that this was packaged, just, I mean, maybe if I had just gotten something, if I had gotten to see how he survived the Death Star 
or because he fell down that big ass shaft and then that shit exploded. So maybe if I could have just gotten some idea of how the dark side helped him out of that, or if I had just kind of gotten a sense of something that made sense. (laughs) There is an explanation of that. They just didn't dwell into it too much in this. And I know they've done it in some of the other, the, the, the books and the comics and stuff like that when it comes to Emperor Palpatine. A lot of that has to do with the fact that he was big into cloning. And so what he would do is have clones of himself. So when he was about to die, he would like transfer himself via the dark side of the force into one of those clones. And I feel like they hinted that that's what he did in this because of that vat of Snokes, you know, so that he had the ability to clone himself. And we know he they had the cloning ability because of Attack of the Clones. But that's been what they've said before in other Star Wars stories. And like I said, I think they hinted at it visually that that was probably what he did in this. They just didn't go far enough and actually say it. Well, I think that that definitely should have been said. And I think that's another thing, too, like the whole Snoke thing. So what was he? Was he just I mean, I get that he was a clone, but what what was the purpose of him? Was he just someone just to be a puppet so that he could have the first order red herring while he's over here in this other planet making 10 million Star Destroyers? I mean, I guess the first order was just kind of a red herring, but what he was actually forming in the real plan was the final order. So all of that shit, all exactly. of that shit was just one big ruse. And then the and then over here he had the final order. And I don't know, man. That's just I mean, okay, but godly man. Like Well my problem with the, my problem with that is is if you're genetically creating Snokes why are you making him look so weird? Wouldn't you want somebody young and and attractive and charismatic? Like, why do you want this weird grotesque thing with a weird, like, ass face? Like, that made no sense to me. Why are you making something utterly grotesque? And why not just make 50 of them? I mean, like, you have... I mean... Like, well, yeah, he made the one. But, like, that's what was so weird about it. He made the one. But then why was there, like, nine in a big vat? Like... Why were you planning on needing nine of them? I mean, it's so weird. Like that made they did that just to show because, like he said, he was pulling the strings. He was he was Snoke. You know all this other stuff. He was just channeling himself through the, the Snoke body and stuff. But like it just that that oh, the whole idea is weird that he's got you know just a pickle jar full of Snokes to do what with now? What were they doing with these Snokes now? It makes no sense. And then just there's more Palpatine stuff that's just weird to me. Like, or maybe I just didn't understand it. And maybe you understood it better than me. But like, okay. So when Ray gets to him, he says, all right, look, what I want you to do is kill me. And then all of the my power and the power of the Sith will then go into you and you will be the Empress Palpatine. So when he when she got to him, that was the plan. But before that, he was talking to Kylo and he was like, I want you to go and I want you to kill her. He never once said capture or bring her here or I- I- any of those things so that 
he could have her kill him and enact this plan or anything like that. He seemed to, at the beginning of the movie, just want Kylo to kill her. So was it just one of these things where like, once Ray got to him, he just figured I'll just tell her this shit to manipulate her so that my powers can go within her because he just knew that was the only option. Like, was he, did he feel backed into a corner because she was there in front of him? Like, I didn't understand how at the beginning he was like, killer, killer, killer. But then at the end, he was like, I need you to kill me. It just made his actions seem inconsistent at the beginning of the movie. Well, to me, he did that because he knew Kylo wasn't going to kill her. Like he said that because he knew that that's what he's supposed to say to Kylo, knowing that Kylo, his goal, and he even said it to Ray was he wanted to turn her, you know, Kylo wanted to turn her to the dark side to be with him. And I think the emperor knew that, but he, you know, he just says the thing that the evil bad guy's supposed to say like, yeah, Oh, go kill her because he knew that he needed Ray there to hit like with him, like, cause he wanted to Ray to kill him so he could transfer into her. He knew by just saying that to Kylo, he knew Kylo ultimately wanted to turn her and then both of them kill him, like kill the emperor. And then they rule together. You know what I mean? Like he knew what to say to Kylo to get Ray there. I think he was manipulating Kylo with that. Not Ray. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I see. I see. And that's what I was thinking, like, the whole, with the whole Kylo thing. So he was just counting. Yeah, he was counting on Kylo doing the thing that Kylo wanted to do. And Kylo did say, well, actually, he said that they were all connected. Palpatine did. Yeah. So. But I mean, yeah, and, and, Kylo, and Kylo even said, the Emperor wants me to kill you, but I want you to come join the dark side with me. You know, and the Emperor being as powerful as he is wouldn't know what Kylo's thinking. You know what I mean? He'd be able to read that. Okay, so he just anticipated that Kylo wouldn't kill her. Yeah. Or knew that he wouldn't and knew that she would get back there. And then he could hatch the plan for her to be... Well, because if you think about it, part of Kylo's plan would be that Kylo and Rey... Rey would join the dark side and Kylo and Rey would go kill the Emperor and then take over. That's kind of what the Emperor wanted. He was kind of hedging his bets that, you know, if Kylo got his way and she joins him, all he would have to do is make sure that Rey's the one that killed him. You know, if Kylo got his way. That's not completely absurd. But then it's just still weird because ultimately, you know, he may, he tells her, I need you to kill me so that you can have all this power. But then when they get there, he's like, okay, now I'm just going to suck up uh, both of your, both of you to revive myself I, I i think that was his i think that was like his plan b because his plan a wasn't going to work because she wasn't going to kill him type of situation you get what i'm saying that's what it felt like to me that so, he didn't think so, so ultimately he wanted her he wanted to be killed and be infused yes. into ray but with that didn't work he was like well fuck it i would just zap my shit from both i'll just take shit from both of you yeah i mean when i watched it and maybe i'm wrong but when i watched it i felt kind of like he did that by accident and then realized that he could do that and just get what he wanted without her killing him like it it felt like he didn't know he could just suck their life force out of him 
And then he did. And then he's like, oh, well, fuck, I'll just do this then. That's way simpler than just trying to get her to kill me because she's being all light side and good and shit. You know what I mean? Like, I get what you're saying. At least when I watched it, that's how I felt that kind of went down. And then now when I'm saying it out loud, I do realize that that sounds kind of ridiculous. Yeah. But when I watched it, it felt okay. Like, whenever I said that to myself in my head, I was okay with it. But then when I said the words out loud, I was like, wait, what the fuck am I saying? That makes no sense. Yeah, and that's just where I'm a little murky. Like, okay, maybe like you said, it was a plan A and then a plan B and then a plan C. But it just... Yeah, but plan B seems way fucking simpler. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, Why would you need plan A then? Why not just absorb Kylo the moment he's there and then go, all right, hell yeah. And then maybe, who knows? Maybe then, you know, maybe like... Yeah, just absorb him and then leave the planet, go find Rey, and then absorb her. Bam, you're just God. And then he could have just... Or, no, how about this? Fuck that. Why, why could he only transfer himself into Ray? Why couldn't he have Kylo kill him, transfer himself into Kylo, just walk up to Ray and be like, hey, Ray, and, he, you know, because it looks like Kylo, and then just suck the force out of her and then look like Kylo and be God. Yeah. Like, why did he stop Kylo from killing him if the ultimate goal was just to transfer? Yeah, like you said, yeah, because right at the beginning of the movie, he could have just let Kylo kill them. He could have smarted off or talked shit to Kylo, and Kylo would have just killed them right then and there. And not even really known what was about to happen. He did. You know? Yes. And then all of a sudden, boom, See, now, he's into Kylo. Oh, yeah, so... Damn it, Justin... But, but you see what I mean? Like, maybe there is a Man, way Man, I was okay work. with all that part of it until now. <laughs> Damn it. But it's... I really was. I was okay with all this. And now I'm not okay with it. <laughs> You're an asshole. <laughs> Thank you. But but you see what I mean, man? I'm not even, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. May, I don't know. And I need, And normally I watch the Star Wars movies more than once. Maybe I need to watch it again and make sure I didn't miss anything about it. Maybe there are some details in there, in that shit that I missed. That well, dude, and that's the nice thing. About. Is I thought I knew those details, and then you made me say them out loud, and now I don't think they're details. Because <laughs> see, th- that's right. Now I think they're just shit that happened. That's what it felt like to me when I witnessed it. But I, I, but who knows? Maybe on a second viewing, I'm looking for that shit. I can be like, oh, Justin, okay. it's just going to be worse. <laughs> no, don't, don't be on that bullshit. You're going to watch it again and you're going to go, no, it, it doesn't explain any of that. <laughs> yep. And it makes no sense. Just, like I understand <laughs> the broad strokes of the plan. I can't tell you what the real end game was. Cause neither one of them makes sense. Now, if you could do one, why wasn't that the plan from the beginning? Yeah. And then if the other one's your game plan, why don't you just do it like we said and just get Kylo to kill you, go into him. That makes it easier to get to Ray. Yeah. And then kill and then just suck it out of her. Bam. And, and, you look like Kylo Ren and you've got god level force powers. And there are simple things that could have easily like explained that shit away like I need your body. You're related to me. You're the only one that I can do this transfer. Maybe that's what they were implying. You know. Maybe that's what they were implying. And and, and yeah. And maybe that force suck thing only worked because they're the dyad. So having them both there together is what made that possible. Yeah. 
that, 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 but that, they didn't explain that. They though. didn't explain none of it. But that's the thing is that's all theory. Yeah, but none and none of it's on screen. Yeah, none of it's explained. Fuck. He just kind of did it. It was like, oh, I'm gonna suck you both, and then he went, I'm fucking awesome now. Ultimate lightning I attack. Mean, he, like, but you know, yeah, he he really did. He really did that fucking. Like Daniel Day Lewis from fucking There Will Be Blood on them. He's like, I'm gonna suck your force up. I'm gonna take my straw and suck your force. I'm gonna suck it all up. <laughs> now you're making me think of Daniel Day Lewis as the emperor, and that would have been just the most badass shit ever. But anyway, now you're God. It would have been amazing. My God, if it was Daniel Day Lewis, <laughs> I wouldn't have given a fuck about all these plot inconsistencies with this at plan because he would have just said it with such conviction. Yes, at all. And I would have actually believed that Daniel Day-Lewis could shoot lightning out of his hands because he's that method of an actor. He would have been like, hold on, we have to put a hold on this until I can shoot lightning. And J.J. Abrams would be like, all right, Daniel Day, you know that's fake. And he's like, no, I'll do it. And then like a year later, Daniel Day-Lewis shows up and he's like, I'm ready to shoot the film. And J.J.'s like, what are you talking about? And he just starts shooting lightning out of his hands. <laughs> be like just a master of his craft. Oh, man. We see we fixed it even more now. Daniel Day Lewis. So just imagine Dude, you have Daniel Day Lewis <laughs> would have liter literally conjured Darth Maul and Darth Vader with lightning. And JJ Abrams would have been like, dude, this is not in the script. And he's like, it's in the script now. I'm telling you, man. Just look how much we fixed this, bro. Daniel Day Lewis and fucking Palpatine. And then you have Vader and Maul, ghost force, ghost fighting at the end, and then an ultimate ending. Where with force healing and sacrifice and shit, come on, dude, this is way better. And you wouldn't have, and you wouldn't have needed this weird fucking plan for all this. Fuck, man. Like I really, I did not. I had no problems with the plan part of it. None. And you broke that for me, Justin. You broke it for me. I couldn't make sense of it, man. Now you know how I feel. I'm just fucking thinking about it, and I just couldn't make sense of it. Okay, the first order, red herring. Because I'm over here building the final order. Cool. But I need Ray to kill me. But I can absorb Ray. I need Kylo to get bring me Ray. But I can absorb both of them. I just, I, I could not make it all work. And I was hoping you could. But now I don't feel so crazy anymore. But I digress. I mean, I don't want to dwell on it too much. More than, I mean, we dwelled on it enough. But, you know, I digress. But yeah, I just, I. You could, most of my problems, if I could just file them, if I could create a file for Palpatine <laughs> and just file all of the, the problems that I have, a lot of them fall right there. You know, a lot of them just fall with, with him, but you know, it's whatever. I digress. In your, in your Palpatine problems. Folder. <laughs> Man, now, now I'm upset. Now I don't want to finish this. Let's let's wrap yeah. this up now at this point before you make me think about other shit I don't want to think <laughs> okay. about at this point in time. <laughs> okay, so recommendation score, I uh, guess. Is that what I'm doing now? Yeah, just <laughs> what's your recommendation in score? Okay, do I recommend it? Man, of course, uh, I mean, hell of people have already... How is this doing at the box office? Uh, I, I wonder. how it, I, I, It's fucking doing amazing. Of course it made like 196 million in its opening like weekend. Damn. It's doing cool. great. And we got a podcast coming. It's, it's that's, that is that's not as much not as much as Force Awakens and way less than Last Jedi. <clears throat> but <clears throat> take that 
Um, but it's still doing. But basically, it's still doing awesome. It's dominating the box office. Yes, it's it's, it's been, doing fucking great. Yeah, it's been number one clearly, and this being a holiday weekend, we knew it was going to make bank. So you probably have already seen it, but if you haven't, man, of course I'm going to recommend this. This is the final film of this Skywalker arc. So of course you have to see this. You have to know what went down and you got to be a part of the conversation. Did you like this? Did you hate this? Do you think it somehow steps on the legacy of Star Wars or do you feel like it helps it? Or are you just glad it's over? Like what some people <laughs> seem to think. So if you want to be a part of that conversation, you have to see this. And right now, it's a very polarizing film with critics and fans. So it, it, this is an interesting thing to talk about because you have the first movie, which was generally liked by both. You know, for the, it got good reviews. And for the most part, the audience liked uh, Force Awakens. Then... You have The Last Jedi, which was adored by critics, and just most of the fans just really hated it. And then you get to this movie, and we have done a flip-flop where the critics are kind of down on this film, but the audience so far, the reception has been positive from the audience. So this trilogy, even for that reason alone, is fascinating. And, and I recommend it because you should be a part of that conversation. This is going to bring up uh, a lot of different things, man. And I think that there's a lot to speak on. Uh, you know, to me, every trilogy, every little arc trilogy, I guess you could say, in this has a different legacy. And I wonder just what people think the legacy of this one will be. You know, it's hard to say until we're years removed from it and we're looking back and everything like that. But the prequel trilogies definitely have a legacy. So does the original trilogy. And now we've got this. And I just wonder where this will land when it's all said and done for people. But in order to be a part of that conversation, you got to see it for yourself. And, and like Sterling and I said, yes, there are a lot of, there are some problems with this and there are some story problems and this needed to be longer or be, or needed another part or whatever. It needed something, it needed more time to explain and properly dive into the story. But still, the story that we got is not terrible. It's visually impressive. It has some great uh, there's some good dialogue and some good acting with some of our characters and a lot of the arcs we do bring to a close in the right way. So for that, I like it more than I hated it. I, and, and I can recommend it for those reasons. So with all of that being said, my score is going to be 60 of uh, Emperor Palpatine's doing ultimate lightning attacks and attacking only rebel fighters in the sky with this super lightning beams out of 100. So yeah, uh, I'll go with the 60, which is positive, uh, but I wish I could give it higher. But honestly, I just did have some, a lot of story and pacing problems with this. So I couldn't for those reasons, but overall, I'll still recommend it. Liked it more than I disliked it. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I, I did like this more than I disliked it. Um, I mean, it had some cool lightsaber shit. And it had some cool, you know, starship shit. So that's nine out of ten of my criteria for a Star Wars movie. Um, and it, it looked good while doing it, I should say. 
because I guess you could say the prequel trilogies had those things too. They just didn't look good either. And then with the the, the story being what they were, they were just <laughs> awful garbage. Um, and the acting, it just, it's fucking garbage. Um, but I mean, I'll, I'll say this: the main story arc that I cared about, which was Ray and Kylo, I think was handled in the end uh, was handled beautifully through the three movies. And I think we got a very satisfactory ending to that story arc. Maybe not to all of them and all this other stuff, but at least the one I cared about the most is the one that ultimately was satisfying Yeah, throughout all of them. I, I totally agree with that. You know, if J.J. Abrams had just built the time machine and listened to this podcast and filmed that ending instead, and we then lived in that splinter timeline where we had the better ending, I think... Some of the story elements wouldn't have mattered so much. I think if the ending was more exciting and more just climactic, I think you would just forgive some of that shit because you're just like, yeah, it didn't make sense, but dear God, did it just end just mind-blowingly awesome. You know, I think that that's one of the things that Star Wars has always kind of done that I think this one did a little weekly was the fact that like Star Wars as a whole doesn't always make that much sense, but... If you do it with enough flair and enough panache, like it just kind of makes up for it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And this one just kind of didn't do that. You know, it, it just fell a little weak at the end of this. And I think that would just would have made up for it. Um, just for the most part, though, I think it was it was a good enough ending for stuff. It just could have been better. It It wasn't a terrible ending, though in any way, shape, or form for this trilogy or the saga as a whole. And I really hope Disney sticks with this and says and does no more Skywalker films. I hope the next Star Wars film we get is just something completely fucking different. You know, I think that that would be just amazing. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what we get. Um, but I do recommend this movie because uh, if you've seen any of the Star Wars movies, you just owe it to yourself. Like, fucking end it. Don't be crazy. End this fucking saga. It's it's a brisk, brisk-paced movie. So you'll you'll get through it. It'll be fine. It's good. It's good enough. It works. Just, you know, fucking watch it. Um, As far as the score goes, I was actually, I was going to give it a 70. But, Justin, you made my head hurt about that planned shit. <laughs> and I am going to have to adjust my score a little bit because now that that's in my head, I can't get it out. Um, So I'll give it 66 lando calrissian fuckable eyes out of 100 <laughs> nice yeah because i was i was gonna give it a 70 because i think like i said i thought return of the jedi was like a 75 so i thought this was a 70 like it just it really works like that for me i think this new trilogy is just each movie's five points less than its original trilogy counterpart until Justin made my head hurt with this fucking plan thing and maybe you know, like you said if we rewatch it and maybe we missed like one sentence of dialogue that fixed part of that, then, you know, maybe I can bump this back up to a 70. But until then, yeah, this is going to have to drop a little bit. So I'm going with 66. That's fair. And I don't typically change my scores after I make them up in my head. But like like you said, like that just, once you said that and it was in my head, I'm like, fuck off. Oh, this isn't going anywhere. And then it really just makes, it kind of unravels a little bit part of that movie. So, yeah, whatever. It's done with. Who gives a fuck? Um... Anything else, Justin? I am good, sir. Let's send us home. All right.
Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on uh, the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com. Check us out on Facebook at Cinema Slayers Podcast. Check us out at Cinema underscore Slayers on Twitter and Instagram. Um, if you go to our website, go look in the top right corner. You'll see a little merch button. Uh, if you want to buy a t-shirt, a coffee mug, uh, a pencil bag, um, any number of items with our logo on it, uh, click that and buy some. It's really awesome. Um, let us know what you thought about Star Wars. Let us, uh, especially this one, um, let us know what you thought about it. Let us know what you think about what we thought about it. Um, I mean, if we're wrong about this whole plan thing, correct us, please, for the love of God. I want this now out of my head. Uh, but, you know, just, yeah, let us know what you think uh, about lots of movies. This is a very busy time of year. we got a lot of episodes coming out right now. So let us know what you think about any of these. And uh, as always... Uh, according to Justin, Moon Knight is a Best Picture winner. Yeah, don't do more than six seconds because then we got to pay royalties. <laughs> yeah.